0: So good morning. A very appropriate passage with the things that we're going through at the moment, when there is so much judgment, criticism, people judging others, people judging the government, he should do this, they should do that. And Jesus, at the time, right now, has brought us to this passage. To say, do not judge, do not condemn. Do forgive, do give, and don't measure for what you get back, but give abundantly without measure. When Jesus gave this teaching, the Jews, it would have resonated, but it would have also irritated. He just finished saying to them, Love your enemies, bless your enemies, and they didn't want to do that. And then he says, don't judge, and the Jews would have resonated because they'd know about David, when the prophet came to him and said a warning, and David condemned himself. And it's easy to fall in the position of judging and being self-righteous. It's easy to say, I'm right, therefore you're wrong. And it's easy to become a judge. Indeed, right back in Genesis, the temptation that Eve was given was, if you eat the fruit, you will become, as God, knowing or judging good and evil. And the temptation always in humanity is to become a judge, to be better than anybody else, to be superior, to look down, to condemn So immediately after they sinned in the garden, they started to judge themselves. They were ashamed. They were embarrassed. They were hiding. Because whenever there's a judgment, there's always condemnation that follows. And if we judge ourselves, we start to condemn ourselves. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. And so they hid in the garden. And the trouble is when you have judgment and condemnation, it always brings death. It'll bring death to yourself or death to others. But once we start judging, people suffer. See, how easy is it to say, I can't believe he did that. Can't believe he said that. Can't believe they would treat me that way start to judge. Paul came to church very muddy and dirty and quite smelly and the two older ladies that sat at the back said he could have made an effort, he could have come clean, he could have dressed. They didn't know that Paul had missed the last bus home and had walked home but his stepfather refused to let him in the house because he was late and Paul actually slept in the shed. And in the morning, Paul got up and walked two hours to get to church. Thankfully, the two ladies repented, and they were able to bless him. But Jesus is talking here about the difference between judgment and forgiveness. He goes on to talk about trying to take a plank out of your out of sorry a splinter out of your brother's eye, ignoring the problem that's in your own. And Jesus says. Don't start judging someone else. Look at yourself first. Look at you. Look at what you're doing. And I believe that forgiveness is one of the most important principles of church life that we've lost. We're so quick to judge. People leave church because they're offended. People don't come because they've been hurt. People don't like it because this person did this or that person did that. And Jesus said, life comes through forgiveness. And he says, by the measure you forgive, you will be forgiven. By the measure you give, it will be given to you. And if we are so busy holding on to our righteousness and holding on to our position and holding on to the hurt that people have done to us, we stop. The forgiveness of God from healing our broken bodies. Jesus, even at his moment of greatest torment on the cross in agony, his prayer was Father, forgive them. If you want a more literal translation, it's Father, please don't hold this against them because they don't understand. Father, Forgive them. Let them live. It's interesting that when the law was passed in the Old Testament, when judgment became part of the law, 3,000 people died. But when forgiveness was preached and the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people lived. Judgment brings death. Forgiveness brings life. And the the trouble is, once we start to judge, we also start to measure. We start to say, look at me, I have forgiven seven times. I've forgiven this person, I've forgiven that person. I'm a good person. Peter comes to Jesus and said, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? And what he's saying is, look at me everybody, I've forgiven seven times. I'm more important than you are, I'm better than you. Passing judgment. And Jesus said, not seven times, 70 times seven a day, 490 times, giving without measure. And the image that's here in the passage is, when we give, God, when we give without measure, when we give without counting the cost, God begins to pour out to us. And the image is we have to hold it in our lap, because our hands aren't big enough. If you watch when you go and collect fruit you can maybe get a little handful of fruit here and a handful of fruit here. But if you've got a big apron, you can hold your apron up and get an abundance of fruit. And the passage says he's gonna pour it into our laps so much more than we can handle when we take the first step. Start to live in forgiveness instead of judgment. You see, we've got two keys here don't or do, and they're both active. It's not passive. I can't just pretend I forgive you. I can't just ignore it and it will go away, will not? We either actively decide not to judge, we actively decide I will forgive. This is a choice that we make in our hearts, it's a choice that we make with our lives, and it's a choice that will impact others. And one flows to another. Judgment flows to condemnation. Forgiveness flows into giving without measure. And so often we, we wait. We say, we'll wait for God to convict the person. We'll wait for God to, to deal with this matter. We want to become passive. We want to save face. We want to save our dignity. We want God effectively to say, Lord, teach them the error of their ways so that I don't look too bad. Teach them they're wrong. Because I want to stay dignified. I want to be better. But this passage says, Actively forgive. It's not a passive, it's an action, it's active, it's doing. You see, our society nowadays is more judgmental than ever. Children, if they go to school with the wrong brand of trainers or what have you, get bullied, get laughed at ha! you didn't get the Nike trainers, you've got the Tesco's trainers. Or They are judged by what they look like. Thousands of people are having plastic surgery. Why? Because they're trying to achieve a body form, a body type that means they won't be judged. People are terrified of being different. Look at that person. They don't conform. Look at that person. They haven't got the latest phone, PlayStation, whatever gizmo it is. And we are so busy trying to keep up with everybody else so that we don't come under judgment. Our society is all about judgment. And unfortunately it brings death. I don't know if you saw in the news this week. That uh, young man in America was out jogging. And two men had decided that he had committed a burglary. So they confronted him and shot him dead. Judgment leads to condemnation, leads to death. The man had nothing to do with the burglary. But when you pass judgment, and you pass condemnation. And what's happening in our world is we are passing judgement on so many things and as Christians and as a church we've got to stand up and say no, we will not judge and condemn, people who walk through our doors, people who come to meet with us, we will never condemn, we will give the gift of forgiveness because forgiveness brings life and if we as a church bring life we can make a change in our society because so many people now are wandering around in our world, judged, condemned, humiliated, embarrassed. Many people are frightened to talk about what's gone on because of what happened in the past. And they feel the mark of judgment. I meet many people who won't even come to church anymore because they're terrified of the judgment they will receive and the condemnation. People are looking at me. People are watching me. And because they feel judged, they run away. And they hide. Just as Adam and Eve ran away and hid in the garden. So we need to be very careful that we don't bring judgment and condemnation. Jesus is very clear here see, after what he did, I will smile and I'll be nice, but I won't let him get too close. Hypothetically, Simon may have offended me before we started this meeting. He made me a cup of tea and he only put one sugar in, not two. He knows I like two. He only gave me one. I'm fed up with Simon because he just never makes the tea the way I like it. And I've watched that when other people come here, they get a cracking cup of tea, they get coffee, he makes them cakes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to smile, and I'll keep social distancing and we'll be friends, but I'm never going to let Simon get really close because he's hurt. And in fact, maybe if that's his attitude to me with cups of tea, maybe he's going to be like that in other things. So maybe I'm just going to make sure our friendship is at a distance. And I'll smile nicely. I can't smile, but we'll never be that close. That person in the church who maybe just snubbed us a day when we were vulnerable, they snubbed us. And so we'll just keep a distance and we won't, we won't let them get in too close to able to help. And we stop being family. And what happens is when people go through this, they end up being isolated. And they gradually drift away from church and they drift away from God. Because condemnation and judgment leads to isolation and death. And we need to stop this and we need to say, we're going to give forgiveness. By the way, the cup of tea Simon made this morning was lovely. Don't misunderstand me. I have nothing against but Simon. But we need to get hold of forgiveness and we need to practice and live forgiveness. It's not something we just say once. It's something we learn to live. When somebody in the church upsets us or hurts us we don't just smile and walk. No, we give gift forgiveness straight away. So that it doesn't have a chance to damage us. And forgiveness is a gift that we keep giving. Three things. I've only got a few minutes left. So I'm going to be quick. And we've spoken about this before. The first thing we must, must learn to do. Is forgive ourselves. What we did. What we I allowed to happen, the mistakes I made, the dreams I allowed to die, the people I let down, the people I hurt, the failures, the marriage that failed, the children who rebelled. We have to learn. To receive a gift from God and forgive ourselves. Peter watched Jesus in his trial and he denied him. And Peter went away full of bitterness, judgment, condemnation. And Jesus came to meet him at the beach and made sure that Peter understood. And that Peter would forgive himself few days later, Peter is preaching a sermon and 3,000 people are born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus took a moment to say, Peter, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. And as Christians, so often we plan what we're going to do. We plan the way our life is going to be. We plan so many things and we forget that when it goes wrong, we can be forgiven. And sometimes we have to stop and say, Father, I've made a mess up. Help me to forgive myself. Because it's easy to fall into the trap of saying, I'm useless, I'm rubbish, I'm not as good as someone else, I'm pathetic, I can't do this, I can't do that. And we end up just wallowing. But Jesus looked at each one of us and he said, you were worth dying for. And you say, but Jesus, I messed up. I offended people, I failed, my marriage failed, but you were worth dying for. Now stand up, forgive yourself, and come back to life. The problem won't go away. It may be something you have to live through, but live through it standing, knowing you are forgiven. God does not condemn you for every mistake, error, thing that you've got wrong. Stop beating yourself up and start to stand in the power and the strength of God. Learn to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself also for other people's interpretation of sin. How many times have you heard someone say, You shouldn't do that. I thought you were a Christian. And you start to take on guilt. No. Forgive yourself. To others very quickly, time's nearly gone. Forgive others. Forgive your parents, your siblings, your partners, your children. Others at work, in the church, your minister, part, past minister, people who hurt you, people who let you down, people that you carry bitterness about, people who are in your thoughts because you've never taken the time to say, I forgive you. And it's a process you have to work through. And it's a choice with other people to bring life or death, forgiveness or judgment. If you can't think about people without it hurting, there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. We need to start giving the gift of forgiveness. Yes, that person let you down. You may never know why, but you can know that God loves you and you can forgive them. Finally, very quickly, forgive God. How could God let that happen to me? I was a Christian and and we gave everything to God and my marriage failed. How can I I trust God because this happened or that happened? How about saying, God, I'm sorry I didn't trust you. I'm sorry I doubted you. And Father, I've held bitterness against you for the things that happened. And I didn't see the bigger picture. Father, Father, give you because I want to get rid of the bitterness that's in me and I want to walk with you again in fullness and in truth So Jesus makes it very clear don't judge don't condemn forgive and give abundantly and you will be blessed beyond measure you'll be blessed beyond what you expect. And then you'll have so much more to give away and it just becomes a growing process. As you forgive and walk in freedom, so he will give more of his abundance for you to give away. When one man walks in freedom, it spreads. And we can bring a blessing and an encouragement to our nation, one person at a time, by standing tall, standing free and living in forgiveness. Amen.